Once again, you're listening to WXAN 103.9 FM, and we're very happy today to be joined by Lance LaRusso. He is a leading attorney for law enforcement officers. Lance, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. So when we say you're a leading attorney for law enforcement officers, uh, tell us a little bit more about what that means. So we have a very interesting practice. We focus our practice on law enforcement and public safety, and uh, I've represented over 150 officers involved in officer-involved shootings. We also represent them in civil service board hearings and other types of actions and catastrophic personal injury cases. Unfortunately, one of the most dangerous things they do is still drive a car and uh, and run around on our roads. They get hit by DUI drivers. But unfortunately, in these days, they are getting attacked and they're having to use force to protect themselves and, and the citizens. And you are a former police officer yourself? I am. Tell us about that service. So I worked in the Cobb County Police Department. I've been uh, sworn in one capacity or another since 1987. And I've been a firearms trainer and a use of force trainer. I was a hostage negotiator. I was involved in the training division and also in public relations. So I've been involved in representing law enforcement uh, since 1999 as an attorney, but certainly been involved for many years before as a practitioner. Talk to me about why you believe there is a changing view of police officers and why there seems to be more attacks on police officers. So I think one of the important things to do is to make a a distinction between what we're hearing from the public uh, widely and what we're seeing on social media and in the media at large, and then what the general public believes. I think the general public overwhelmingly supports law enforcement officers. We see this uh, day in and day out. We had two law enforcement officers murdered in the line of duty in Cobb County last week, two sheriff's deputies who were killed, and the public overwhelmingly supports them, came out for their funerals. One of them is buried, being buried today, and I think overwhelmingly we see that the law enforcement community is supported by the public. What we're seeing is what I call a cacophony of ignorance. We see people, whether they are have a financial motive or whether they're just ignorant about the facts, they are spewing rhetoric that is getting law enforcement officers killed, getting them attacked. Ambushes were up 115% in 2021. The number of officers shot in the line of duty and shot and killed in the line of duty have has risen over the past three or four years exponentially. And what we're seeing is this um, desire in some, fe- some people to feed this negative perception of law enforcement that is based on a lie that law enforcement officers are hunting down and killing people of color on a regular basis and it's simply not true it's been disproved many many times over again we're visiting today with lance larusso he is a leading attorney for law enforcement officers and the 2021 national fraternal order of police attorney of the year um so how are officers responding to this they are responding by going to work. And it is amazing to me, one of the things that I posted on my social media pages that the day after two law enforcement officers were murdered in Cobb County, every Cobb County police officer, every sheriff's deputy, every city officer went to work the next day to protect the public. They're continuing to do the job. They're continuing to show up. We're seeing new recruits showing up. Now the numbers are down and we are seeing retirements go up. But they're still serving, despite what everybody's saying about them, what the people are saying that are widely broadcasting lies about them. They're still protecting strangers. 
You know, I've seen it because I'm the mayor of a small town here in Illinois, also Murfreesboro, Illinois. And when we go to recruit and test for new officers, it seems like there are fewer people wanting to go into that line of work. And I have to think that a part of that difficulty in recruiting is tied directly to what we're talking about in this interview segment today. Do you agree? I agree. And I think the other issue is for years, recruiting was left up to the police agencies was left up to the sheriff's offices and you can't expect one or two recruiters that go to college campuses and you know go to job fairs to be able to staff the the level of public safety that's necessary in our communities the populations are growing plus they're going up against all of this negative rhetoric and one of the things that people say is what can i do to help well the first thing you can do is find a law enforcement officer find a public safety officer in uniform and thank them Go up and just thank them for being there. Thank them for their assistance. Thank them for their sacrifice. And then the public needs to recruit people. When you find sharp people, when you find people who are dedicated to their community, you find people that are willing to do the job and put themselves second and the safety of others first, recruit them to be in your public safety team. You know, should police officers be thinking about you know, having an attorney that they should call, like, should they be thinking about this in advance? Should they be involved in an officer-involved shooting of some kind? Absolutely. And it's really interesting when you say that, people say, well, you know, do they think they did something wrong? No, the average homeowner would call law enforcement, would call an attorney if they were involved in a shooting at their home, if they had to kill somebody who was trying to kill their family. Law enforcement officers get paid to make decisions about using force and making arrests. And they need and they are entitled to counsel. The Fraternal Order of Police has a national legal defense plan that's about $310 a year. It's unlimited for law enforcement officers. And it is an outstanding plan. And unfortunately, in today's environment, it doesn't matter whether the officer is right or not. That's what we're seeing is this rhetoric and this drive to terminate the officers immediately, even without due process, to terminate them before the facts are in, to try to prosecute them to quell public sentiment. And it's really a travesty because these are the officers, ironically, who are called upon to preserve other people's constitutional rights. Was there something specific that happened in your life that made you so passionate about this issue? You know, that's a really interesting question. I think I've just always had a very uh, innate sense of fairness. I don't like bullies and I don't like people being bullied. And I certainly have a um, an aversion to public safety officers, whether they're police or fire, that will run into danger while everyone else is running away. And they are more afraid of being fired for doing their jobs or being prosecuted to, to appease a mob than they are of bullets flying at them in an active shooter or a building collapsing on them during a fire. Most people that I interview through these various um, public relations groups, such as how I got connected with you, have a book to sell or something, but it seems like you just really have a passion for this issue and want to be a, a voice for police officers, and it's just as simple as that. Well, Lord knows we need them. And, you know, it's interesting, the, the books that I do sell, the, non, the uh, nonfiction books, all the profits go to law enforcement charities. So it's kind of funny that you say that. I do have some books out, uh, but uh, When Cops Kill, uh, about law enforcement officer-involved shootings, and uh, Blue News, which is about um, 
media and law enforcement relations, but I donate the profits to law enforcement charities. We're up to about $38,000 so far. Well, that's wonderful, and I know that there are many uh, good charities out there that uh, operate in a way that really connects with people and and helps people. Uh, Can you tell me what one of those charities might be? Sure. The Fraternal Order of Police has a national foundation where they will step in where law enforcement officers are affected by all sorts of mainly natural disasters. So, And this is something that a lot of people don't think about. So you get a flood that ravages an area, you get a hurricane, say Katrina comes through or Hurricane Andrew in Florida. Those officers have to leave their families. Those moms have to kiss their kids goodbye while the grandparents or someone else is taking care of them. And they have to go work a beat. They have to patrol. They have to protect other people's property. So the National Fraternal Order of Police Foundation will step in and protect their houses, provide uh, relief for them, even in the form of just feeding them while they're protecting the rest of their community. And that's an excellent organization. Another one is the National Law Enforcement Defense Fund, which is a great program where they'll step in and protect officers if uh, they don't have any other resources to fight uh, politically motivated charges or unfair prosecutions. Mr. LaRosso, is there anything else you want to mention in the course of our conversation that I haven't asked about? I cannot overemphasize how important it is for people in your community to go out and thank the people that are willing to wear the uniform and put their lives at risk for strangers. You have no idea what they're going through today. And I can tell you from experience, it means the world. And at the right time, it can be the difference between someone contemplating leaving and staying in the profession just to have someone say thank you. Mr. LaRusso, thank you so much for letting us uh Uh, come into your time for a few moments today so that we could uh, share this conversation with my audience. Thanks so much for having me.